Welcome to Drunk On Comics Podcast 278. Lynn's here with my good buddy, Tony. Hello, people. We talked uh, about some movies to start this week. Did we well, really? Well, Tony, Tony talked about some movies to start this week. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> he quick, talked a lot. Quick review of, of a couple Wait, things. quick? Okay. <laughs> a, a, a while? I don't know the, the time span you could say that it's it was. It's not long. But it's not short but it's either. it's not short. It's a good size. Yeah, it's yeah. Like medium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we did get into some comic book reviews. I reviewed Samurai Slasher Late Fees. And I talked about Secret Empire number 10 and why you really don't need to read it. <laughs> we did get into a little bit of news. Uh, we talked about a lawsuit between Hasbro and DC. And Tony and I both collectively rolled our eyes. Yep. Uh, Legacy, who's coming back. And we briefly talked some more of that. It's still one of those things. We talk about it a lot. We don't know a lot. Nope. And we're perfectly fine yeah, where we're at. That's Drunk on Comics. You should know that by now. <laughs> so sit back, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy episode 278 of Drunk on Comics. Sinkers and floaters. in two weeks? No. Why not? Because it's mostly gaming and I don't like I'm not huge into that arena. Like I, I, I like a good board game but the minute you put something in front of me that has like more than five rules I'm like I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. So like Monopoly is like your I hate, highest. Of... I hate Monopoly. What board games do you like? Um, it's an excellent question. Cards I, Against Humanity. I do like Cards Against Everyone Humanity. Um, Exploding Kittens is fun. I like Boss Monster. That's that's a good one. I can play Munchkin. I'm okay with I love that. Munchkin. I'm okay with Munchkin. I would I would be going to to Grand Con if I was in town. Oh, you're leaving again. Yep. Where are you going? I am going on an epic journey. To the Mecca of Beer Festivals, Oktoberfest. Oh, in September? You're going... In Germany. <laughs> That's when you're going to Germany? Is in two weeks? Yes. Fuck! I will be gone. I didn't know it was so soon. I just assumed it, would, it was going to be in October. Really? Yeah. Oktoberfest is... Okay, with the way everything and language and stuff, Oktoberfest is the last two weeks of... September. Okay. So going into October. Ah, it's like celebrating the beginning of fall, kind of. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, here and around the world, normally it's the last week in a September when they just do it for a weekend. I mean, over there it's two week extravaganza. Right. Because it's Germany. Yes. And it's their thing, mm-hmm. really. And then I'll be going to Spain for a couple of days as oh, well. Yeah? That'll be fun. So Spain's beautiful. Griswold European vacation. <laughs> Oh, that'll be fun. You'll have to take the handheld with you, even though you won't, because you say you will every time, and then if you do take it, you're going to forget to use it anyway. Here's the thing. I wasn't going to say I was going to take it, meaning I would take it. Ah. And I I kept debating. I kept debating whether I was going to or not, and then I'm like, 
okay, so going through TSA, they're going to be like, it's a taser. and we can't Yes, do... you'd have to pack it in your bag, but yeah. even then. But even then, I was thinking, like, what would I be doing? I'm going with a couple of my buddies, and I'm meeting a friend that lives over there now. Well, he lives in Spain, so that's why we're going to Spain afterwards. Um, is who would I be talking to? I know that over there, many Germans could speak dual languages yes. and speak English. But I don't know if I'd be getting that well of conversations. Uh, I don't know that it matters because you're all going to be drunk and the conversations are going to be amazing anyway, especially if they start speaking in German and then you start speaking in German because you don't speak German. <laughs> so if you start speaking in German, it's going to be hilarious because it won't be real. Guten Tag in Lagen, Wagen, Beer. I don't know. I don't think that was a I, thing. I don't, I, think I don't even know if anything. that's even a, a trying to attempt to speak German. <laughs> I have thought about trying. I will actually look a couple key things up. Like yes. Bathroom. Uh, beer, well, beer is there, so yeah. I can... Wait, no. Beer is four, I think. I didn't learn my numbers in German. I just Shit. learned how to say Sprechen Sie Deutsch or No Sprechen Sie Deutsch, which yes. means I don't speak German. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. No, sprechen die Deutsch. Isn't it Deutsch uh, English? No. I believe. Deutsch is German, isn't it? Fuck if I know. That's a, I'm going to get so lost. Because they speak Dutch German. Is it Dutch German? Yeah, Deutsch. Deutschland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mother country. Yes, the motherland. I don't so think we're supposed to call it that anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, now you're making me That's... want to bring my recorder. Maybe I will. Travel, like, or my adventures. you can, like, live stream that shit. Facebook live stream? Yeah. Oh, I'm for sure going to... That'll be more and funny because then you'll, we'll get to see what's going on. Got and my I... lederhosen already are... bought. Oh, my God. Are you seriously going to wear lederhosen? Yep. Oh, my God. I'm so get excited the whole, for whole these pictures. <laughs> yeah, so, so that'll be great. Um, and that is also partly why I, I am broke. And so we are still on our backup... Yes. Sound, snowball, snow globe, uh, microphone. Yes, snowball. <laughs> that just makes me think of clerks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so hopefully last week's didn't sound too bad. I had to mess with a couple of the, the dial settings and, and clean up our voices a little bit. Hopefully this week. Still the same, but yeah. we, we are planning on getting something soon. Yes, and again, if you would like to sponsor a poor, starving podcast. Just... Yes, I think our donations are at like 13 cents in the last <laughs> and week. And I think that's all the pennies we found in the office that <laughs> yeah. day. I know if we did a very intricate search of your home, we probably could find enough money to actually pay for a new mixer. Oh, for sure. That, that's why I kind of like <laughs> my home. I'm just like, I need to go out and get a burger. Oh. Here's yeah. here's ten dollars uh, sitting over here for for all our listeners to know. I helped Tony clean his house um in June so that he could host Derek's bachelor party here, and he paid me in money that we found around the house, and I made a good forty dollars that day. <laughs> so, yeah, he has a lot. Of, don't I mean now I'm inviting people to break into your house and <laughs> just <laughs> money all over. Man, forty dollars is pretty easy to find. I wonder if we really looked what we could find. A lot. That's the answer to that. And yeah. that was you wouldn't even give me like big bills. That was all like ones and shit. It looked like I had just left your house as a private stripper or something. <laughs> oh well let's let's get into the podcast. And yes. when I say get into the podcast, I want to help our listeners. And some of these movies are old. 
But I went out and I watched some turds so that you don't have to. You did. Yes. I watched a couple uh, movies this week. Okay. Ghost in the Shell, Death Note. Ghost in the Shell, the one with Scarlet Joe, yep. right? Okay. Transformers, Fate of the Furious, all leading up to Inhumans. Now, I will say this. I did not go see Inhumans because after seeing these other four movies, which I will give an honest quick synopsis of what I thought of them. They weren't all turds. They were, some of them were good in some aspects, but not like the greatest in others. Some were sinkers and some were floaters. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you're using that analogy. You might as well go all out. But I will say from some of uh, our comic friends that have gone and seen Inhumans and 100% uh, bad reviews. Oh, really? I forgot cheap, that's this weekend. Cheap feeling. Yeah. or it, it just didn't come off as anything organic. felt forced. It yeah. felt like... And seriously, going to the theater to see it on the IMAX, it's I thought expensive. they would... They, yeah, expensive. <laughs> and that's why me and my brother, we were me and Matt were going to go see it. We had plans for this for a while. We love Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Even so much so that we feel like we could have put a little bit of our blinders on to like look past some of the... Just because they're on the screen, so it yes. makes you happy. Right. And you would think that since it went from a movie budget to a TV show, that they still would have paid a little bit of money, especially breaking this boundary of doing this thing on IMAX. I find that uh, really interesting that they were going for this route. So right. kind of a halfway movie gets set in the in the universe that they're creating. But like I said, everyone said it sucks, so we just I, I just couldn't do more suckiness right. this what? week. We'll have to, um, when it comes out, do a drunken viewing slash review like we did with Jeff oh, and the Holograms. Sure. Well, September 29th, so at the end of the month, is when the series is debuting, which then you can see these two episodes right. on TV, just not in the IMAX. So there really isn't a point to need to go see it unless you just want to spend money to see crap. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, let's start with Fate of the Furious. I love this movie. I will tell you this, I watched all, I've watched like one and two when it first came out and then kind of just didn't give a crap about any of the other ones. When Paul Walker passed away, I decided I needed to see, A, how amazing the special effects did to have him throughout the movie. And then even finding out uh, later on that half that... Is his brother? Well, no, was CGI when I thought it was really still him. In some scenes, they just did it flawlessly. And that's one part of why I like movies sometimes, the cinematography and everything. So that just won me back. But in order to watch it, I need to be a completist. And I had to watch all of Uh, them up to seven. mm -hmm. So now I was finally able to watch eight. After seeing last one, I thought I had heard Paul Walker. They were going to do something with Paul Walker in it. So I was kind of like, I hope they left him to be kind of, he went off, you know, in the, in his, his path in life. And, and I was glad and happy to see that he didn't. The movie was straight up just action. Yeah. And I mean, if you expect anything else from those movies by now, then you're a fucking idiot. There's a couple things that I could nitpick to say, that was dumb, that was stupid, holy shit, that was sweet. But it comes to the difference of not every movie needs to have me think. No. It doesn't need to be... Sometimes I can go in just in action. And if that's what I know I'm getting into, so I'm gonna, the right. Expendables. Yes. Uh, those all, movies are actually terrible. They're like so bad as movies, but they're fun to watch. Yeah. It's just blow up (laughs) this, shoot guns here. Old ass action heroes. Yeah. Fucking, they're just fucking having fun. And that's what they know that they can get away with a shitty script as long as they have 
the stars of that movie. Right. So Fast and Furious, like I kind of said, I watched all turds, but they, this one I really it's a enjoyed. Floater. <laughs> then we're going into a reverse mode here of Ghost in the Shell. There was a lot of things that I did not like trying to blend a couple of from the the original uh, movie to the show and some aspects in there. I will say I love Scarlett Johansson, so I overlooked many things. I know there's been the controversy of having yeah whitewashing. I looked a lot up of of stuff, which I don't want to get into now, but the debate of anime and what are they and and why Americans think they look like America or white people think they look like white people and how Japanese people think they truly look like Japanese people and where some someone in this argument said they're not supposed to look like anyone so technically they could be anyone and I do defer to I feel like Japanese uh, descendants should uh, an Asian descendants should play some major characters in it I did like some of the roles that they did switch up um, to have more, and I don't want to have people hating me and stuff, but I think Scarlett Johansson did the best she could, so don't right. hate on her for it. No, she just took a job. I it, mean, yeah. they, I mean, and we can talk about this later, because we actually have some news in this, yeah. this arena later, but I mean, yes, it is an actor's decision. She could have said, no, this belongs to an Asian actress. I will kindly bow out. I'm already rich. And I do not need this money. But she also maybe really wanted to do this movie. Well, I think, though, a part of it and what made me, while watching this and then reevaluating my thoughts on the whitewashing and everything, is there's then the case of, I think Scarlett Johansson is an action star. Mm-hmm. Going back to Fast and the Furious and the Expendables, there are certain people that you cast for certain parts, yeah. not by looks, so funny. by the types. You wouldn't have... Because she, I don't think of her as an action star. After God, Avengers, and after... Wor- yeah, that's true. But the first movie I ever saw her in was Ghost World. Yeah, well, and she's been in many other. Yeah. Well, now though, I just feel like she's turned into right. that. Chris Pratt was a comedian. Yes, he is now an more of an star. action star. Yeah. So what you would cast him in old him, you would have cast him in these comedic roles, right? So when looking at some of the um, the Asian actresses that they're like who could play, I'm like, yeah, that could work. Or she looks the type. But then it goes down to what type of actor is that person? Right. Because if they aren't an action person, they That's can't true. play the major. That's true. And so it's a little, yeah. So let me ask you this, because I haven't seen it yet. And I actually don't know a lot about Ghost in the Shell. I, I'm not huge. I have like three animes that I actually follow, and this is not one of them. Um, if this was not Ghost in the Shell, if it was something else completely, was it a good movie? Yes. There were some things in the... They should have explained something a little bit more to anyone that hasn't ever watched the the anime. Right. You you could follow the story, but I think you got better knowledge of what's going on. It was just beautiful. Right. Like I said, again, the cinematography, the, the world that they created. Um, but I felt that there should have been a little bit more uh, development of the world. The characters all seemed great. They interacted, and they, they really did feel like they were the characters from the show. So I think that they, they worked really well in, in creating that vibe. But for someone who doesn't understand this this world and this city and how 
enhancements and they kind of they did a little blurb at the beginning i felt they should have done maybe a bigger little montage mm, gotcha. to kind of like explain why people are becoming okay. robots and getting enhancements stuff but overall i kind of enjoyed it so plus and bad uh i'm gonna save a longer one for last it's not this is the worst one transformers okay holy shit i want to actually say death note's probably the worst one but transformers Holy shit. Bad. Just bad. Bad. And Is this I, the one where Optimus goes evil in it? Yeah, so yeah. the reason why he goes evil, all of it is stupid. I hate that now there's always been Transformers here, even though each movie so far in this universe has said, oh, but then we forgot that these Transformers were here and hidden, and oh, this Transformer's been hidden in yeah. here and there, and I, I love the first one. Didn't like so much the human aspect of it, but you kind of oh, always... Oh, you mean Shia LaBeouf and Megan Oh, Fox. but I love Shia. Oh, I mean, I personally... I'm I'm a Shia <laughs> fan. But I will say that he... Uh, there was more of the human interaction than most people wanted when they wanted to see giant robots fighting. And that's where I'll come back to is that was the first time seeing giant robots fighting, I was in love with the movie. I right. gave it a lot of passes on some of the other shit that they didn't need to do, but... You saw the Transformers coming down and everything, and it was great. And in this one, you you have it look okay. It looked cool. Well, of Michael Bay explosion. Yeah. So watching giant Transformers too, you make it. You try to be like plot sucks. This stupid. Mark Wahlberg has not had like knocked out from a concussion blast to his ear, <laughs> and that's one of the biggest things. How humans can dodge like what they always call plot armor, meaning you're never going to die because you're part of the plot. Right, so yeah. The whole, uh, not even give away the ending of what is in the Earth, but it just, it totally made everything that is awesome about Transformers and the lore and everyone has, Michael Bay shed all over it. Well, and he's very good at shitting on our childhoods, so. Yep. So, there's that. And, and let's get into Death Note, all which right. just debuted on Netflix. Yes. And... Oh, God, that anime is top-notch. There's a reason why many people were looking forward at first to seeing this. Mm -hmm. William Defoe. I will just start off by saying... Willem. What? Willem. Not Willem William. Defoe? Yeah, Willem. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know I said <laughs> William. Um, that... Uh, sorry, he, Willem. <laughs> that he did an awesome of portrayal... he did. ...of Ryuk, yeah. but... At the same point, the character that they created for this show was nothing like the anime. The anime had a lot to do with a cat and mouse like portrayal of L following Light and seeing if he is Akira. For you, what what do you kind of know of Death Note? Just there's a book, and mm -hmm. you write in it, and it makes people die. And when you write someone's name in the time of death and everything about that. As long as it's something that's possible. You can't sit right in it. Uh, this person will be on their toilet and be eaten by a shark head. Right. It doesn't work that way. There is many rules within the death or the death note, which is what made, made it an interesting, compelling story. Because when you know the rules and you can bend the rules and you can make certain things happen differently, throughout the, the anime when L, the detective trying to figure out what's going on and who is creating all these deaths around the world is honing in on, on light. 
you you get the light is smart enough to where he makes it be where he doesn't have the death note but has people dying he's locked up there's a thing in there where you forget all memory of the death note when he passes it to someone else so he did that purposely so that when he's getting like interrogated he has no clue what is going on that sort of smartness hmm. writing and everything right is no way could be portrayed in a hour and a half movie yeah no and even saying that an hour and a half movie all these other movies were like two two and a half hours that you you didn't feel like those were that long but they had enough to do the plot this seemed like it was almost like what they're doing with inhumans of two episodes combine them together they're hoping that this is going to be a series they should have did a series but the characters did not portray anything of mm. the anime hmm it was stupid in a many reasons, and I also started to try to be like, I like this source material so much, let's try to pretend I was a newbie going to see this. I had no clue what this was based on, and let's look at it through fresh eyes. And I'm like, it felt a little bit like a Final Destination. Ah. So there's random deaths happening in, in weird, mysterious ways. Okay, there's a couple things of L being smart and trying to, you know, when he comes to America and pinpointing where these deaths around the world are coming from but not quite understanding what it is i was like okay but then it, it it hit me the reason why i hated it it was fucking twilight they took the teenage angst <sighs> they had the main character who in the series was smart jock beloved like he was a perfect human which is why he no one thought at right. first, he could be the In killer. this series, isn't he just like your nerdy outcast type? Kind of, yeah. yeah. He was smart, but he wasn't yeah. athletic. He was, you know, picked on a little yeah. bit. And within the first 20 minutes of the show, in the series, he made it so important that no one found out about the Death Note. Tried to make sure that no one knew that it was him. He shows it to some chick just to get banged. <laughs> That's a dude thing. Yes, and it was a really <laughs> stupid thing. They said they were trying to make their own story. And I could have almost given them a pass if they are trying to do something different from the sh the show. However, you need to have the same characters. If you don't have the same characters, or you're going to call them the same characters, they need to be portrayed as the same people. Right. Having uh, the Shimagami um, Ryuk be a more sadistic, murderous entity than in the, the anime where he was just there. He was an observer. He didn't do much. He didn't help out with the Death Note. He did not help out. He just explained some of the rules every now and then. Having these stupid different rules within the 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 movie and Netflix, for whatever reason, it just didn't make sense. Hmm. You need to be the owner of the Death Note to write people's names in there, yet it seemed like anyone could write their name anywhere on a note and people would die. Oh, I could go on and on for another hour and a half of the many... <laughs> craptastic things about this movie just don't watch it yeah even if you think i just want to check on it a little bit as as a person that's never seen no they, no don't netflix watch it. has has the original on netflix Does just it? watch that yeah. the original movie or the, the show, anime the, the anime. anime it is it is worth yeah the the time spent to watch it because you'll be like you're compelled after each episode of holy shit did he get away or how is he gonna pull this one off or you know, they're almost closing in on him, and he's the bad guy, but not really. Starts off as a... Like in Dexter. 
he is exactly a Dexter yeah. at first, and then he gets a little bit too zealous on ah. who he's going to be killing. Yeah. So that was uh, my week. Oh, nice. Which, I did not watch that many movies this week. <laughs> so I only read one book this week. and That's because you were watching movies. Since we're halfway through our movie review <laughs> podcast, let's get into some comic books with yes. Off the Shelf. I guess since I'm a rambling man, I, I will Might start. Might as well continue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I had Secret Empire number 10. Okay. Which is finally the end. The end of it. The end all. Yes. Okay. And I mentioned number nine uh, last week about some of the interesting aspects that happened with uh, Lady Thor, with Jane Foster, and, and how some of these people were coming to their senses that were bad guys. But at the end of it, what we got was all right. Let's go to the beginning. Do you kind of know what's going on in Secret Empire? Um, no, a little bit. Right. Only from what you've said, and you know how much I commit everything you say to memory. So Steve, <laughs> so not at all. <laughs> this this whole thing. There's one redeeming quality that I will get to, but this whole thing is is was just terrible. It takes the Cosmic Cube, which they haven't used so much in Marvel in a while, but last year they had their uh, Silent Hill, I forget what it was really called, Something Hill, where they locked up oh, all, the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all the bad guys in, which honestly, when people were all pissed off about it, that was actually a humane way to deal with supervillains. Yeah. You gave them a ple- oh, Pleasant Hill. You gave them a pleasant town where they interact, where they were at, and you had the Cosmic Cube do it, so their realities kind of were warped. I don't see that bad in the least bit of, instead of locking them up again and, like, not Marvel, but, like, Arkham, like, you know, DC, and just letting them escape later. Right. Well, then you get to the point where the Cosmic Cube started getting, or got stolen. Uh, Hydra was manipulating the being that is the personification of this Cosmic Cube, all godlike powers, and that's where we have this... Captain America, who is a Hydra agent. And you come to find out throughout this entire story, there was this other Cap in this other world that you didn't know what was going on. Was it death? Was it a dream? What it was, was in, it was the memory inside of uh, Kobik, the Cosmic Cube. Okay. And she's personified as as a young girl. So she is having these memories every time the reader is, is reading the pages and you see this kind of surreal... Uh, world, a Steve Rogers that's running in there is his old self because they changed the Steve Rogers now to be Hydra Captain America, all right. about strength and everything like that. So that's where we get to now where he takes over. He made all the big superheroes be outside of the shield and trapped them out there, trapped the ones in. And he had a pretty devastating plan. Of course he did. And it wasn't even his hubris that brought him down, which is refreshing because that always happens. No, Cap was kind of on point. To the end of last, uh, the last issue, number nine, he finally got all but one fragment good enough to be able to power his Iron Man type suit. Mm. And I always love whenever they put like other people in like combining them and everything. So he has the Iron Man suit that is powered by this thing. So he's super beastly, but he can also uh, pretty much rewrite um, 
for the most part, what's going on. He's fighting everyone. Actually, he can't rewrite it yet. I'll get to that part. In the beginning, Spider-Man, like when they're all about to battle him, he's like, so I'm guessing from the color, you know, color scheme that in talking to Iron Man, like, yep, yep, that's him. And man, you got to be kind of pissed that he stole your whole shtick and everything. And (laughs) just having some of the jokes in there was great, but that was really one of the few parts of the dialogue. Everything else was, uh, was it X, Exponent, no, not Pretty much explaining what's going on. Exposition? So, yes, exposition. There that's the go. word. So a lot of it was when he was this and he was the most powerful and we're going to get to this and that. He was. He eventually had the power to recreate everything. He, he wiped out all the superheroes. Ah. And it was a really cool splash page of like Hydra astronauts return from space with strange powers, the mutant evolutionary executed by the state it was it was interesting in in how that happened and then we get a glimpse of not all the superheroes were taken away uh sam wilson the real uh captain america now right came up and said here here's here's the last piece for you so i'm like what the fuck is going on why is the good guys giving them peace then we have a moments earlier where they're setting up something and then we even had a a prequel to that prequel where moments even earlier from that to where he he sets up the whole what's going on he gives them the piece of the crystal ant-man shrinks down with bucky barnes who goes into the cube goes into the consciousness brings out kobik brings out the original personification of captain america and it was all stupid it sounds pretty stupid, actually. So does does um, Hydra Cap and Old Cap fight? Yep. Ah, Cap on Cap. And it is an epic fight. <laughs> yeah. It is something that uh, it 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 was cool. There were some cool scenes in this. Yes. Um, even so much when there was uh, I don't want to call him Falcon Cap, but Sam Wilson was. You can call him Falcon Cap. I think yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Was going up to to uh, evil Steve Rogers, and in the next little panel showed a Steve Rogers kind of going up to Thanos, which was interesting, and that's what they. But I think it goes back to the original Cosmic Cube and when they were fighting over it back in the day, mm-hmm. re just juxtaposing the the duality. Of, <laughs> it's not even the correct term, but of Steve no, Rogers cat. You know, going up to Thanos. We then get to this other personification coming out, and they're fighting. Yes. And there's a hammer involved. Yeah. yeah. So, that was finally revealed you of mean? how... Yeah. <laughs> how he could lift up the hammer, which it's been known many times. Steve could lift the hammer whenever he wants. And this he was, is always this worthy. was evil, Cat. Well, he's yeah, not is, evil, I guess. Yes, but that's the thing. He wasn't right. evil. He was just... Misguided. Yes, and had the the hope and the, the you know freedom and everything part taken out of him. So he was just pretty much strength. Right. And, and personification, or making everything perfect. Perfection was what he wanted, and he thought from ruling with the strong fists that people would be... That's the bad thing about perfection in most worlds is yeah. that you have then a, a ruler that you think is 
they think they're doing good, but they're not. So when he originally lifted up that hammer, Madam Hydra used some part of the cosmic cube in that original what kicked off all this, what made Thor think he was worried about everything. I just thought that it would have been great if, in Steve Rogers' mind, he did think he was worthy. But what they did is she changed the wording of of the uh, hammer. You oh, know what it originally says? Something about he who is worthy. Holds this hammer. Yeah. If he uh, be worthy, she'll possess the, the power of right, Thor. because when Lady Thor picked it up, it changed to she. Well, no. Yeah. Well, she when she changed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when Lady Thor yeah. did, yep. Yeah. So this one changed whoever holds it, this hammer, if he be the strongest, shall possess the power of Hydra. Ah. So. Shenanigans. Exactly. <laughs> why? It was... If you could just change the script on a hammer, anyone can hold it. Yeah. So why have they never done that before in all the things? I mean, I guess they needed a fragment of the, the cosmic cube then, but. Yeah, because that's never been around ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fucking dumb. That is pretty dumb. And then, like I said, they're they're still fighting, and good boy Cap beats up bad boy Cap. Of course, yes, good over evil, right? And then, in yeah, and it they there wasn't really anything to say that that bad guy Cap was disappeared because uh, Kobeck then was going to write right the wrong so she set the world back to where it should be she brought the superheroes back mm. so this is like a x-men no human or no more mutants no more humans event where everything just kind of goes back to the way it was afterwards and i was pissed yeah i'm like what the fuck until i got to the next page where you know uh you know Kobik restored history and all that had been corrupted and taken from us but she left the scars and the wreckage a reminder of her promise never again one of the big things that happened through the series is Las Vegas got fucked. It got leveled. And everyone there died. Everyone in Vegas died? Well, pretty much so. When Steve went through trying to find where the heroes were hiding, he just leveled the place. Wow. And all these people were seeing his strength, but he just killed a lot of people, mm. but no one's you know afraid to stand up to him. So I feel like she brought back the people... But there are still places on Earth that are destroyed, that show what happened. So it wasn't a complete reset. I enjoyed that. That was the one aspect of this entire thing that I go, hmm, they finally didn't totally fix everything. Right. Vegas is still in ruins. That's yes. The thing they and, and other places are yeah. destroyed. So um, they didn't erase it entirely. So, does everybody remember what happened? Well, yes, and they remember this event, okay. all these events that happened. Sure. Because when Steve first got the the um, the whole uh, uh, cube, he started, like, changing things. Like, the Lincoln Memorial turned into a Hydra guy sitting on there. So, he was, like, changing reality that way. Mm. And then when the good guy, Steve, came out of... They changed it back. Yeah, they okay. changed it back. But she kept uh, a lot of the things so that people will kind of probably not trust Captain America, even though they're like, oh, he was oh. under People are still going to remember all right. this shit happened and everything that That is ha a handy plot device. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to, and for, you know, and for some of them uh, that stood with them, the, she gave them a gift, a journey of discovery through the vanishing point. And then you see select people disappearing and i go oh 
This is fucking generations. Yeah. This is how they all went. So it's all real. I'm glad I kind of I knew that was going to be, and I even said about it. Right. That's going to be what happens at the end of this book. We get into the generations thing where that's how they Don't all. Don't you work. hate that though? That they overlapped. Wouldn't it have been nice to know that before you got into the generations books? They should have put it something, but then that would have given away the end of this. Meaning they should have planned when they were releasing the generation books to have this but end before they came However, out. However, this originally was going to be, I believe, eight or nine that they extended ah. it because they do that all the time. Yeah, they did that with their last one. Their last was it Secret Wars? Yeah, that was two years ago. But it yeah. went it went way longer than it needed to and started. You started getting comics coming out that then spoiled what was happening in Secret Wars. Yep. Yeah. And some of the the reveals. So, yeah. I, I, it was not good. I there was that was like I said the one good point was that they didn't just fix everything. Right. But they did show some humans, which I don't know why humans are now hating in humans like that as if they are the new mutants. But it kind of started off with a bit of... Well, and humans are dicks, so... But not the new... Well, the new humans, the people that were oh. humans that just now accidentally with the Terrigen Mist and gotcha. everything. They, uh... Yeah, they had some people helping, you know, fix fix this person's house that it... Because it still said Hail Hydra and stuff. So all that shit of Hydra, anything that they planted, any posters, billboards, stuff... It's like cleaning up after the Nazis were overthrown and all that shit that was everywhere. Yep, yeah. but in America. So. But in America, yeah. So, and I also kind of wonder, too, how, like, far warping the outside world was during all this, because, sure, they took over America, but you have, you know, Europe, you have There's Africa, a, you have all... whole other part of the world. Like, what they're warping them into as well right. when... I don't know. They often don't get into that in these, and it's you, you, you make it makes you think that we're just in a bubble. Well, the only time that I ever truly remember them doing that is Age of Apocalypse, because you had Apocalypse took over America, and different one of his horsemen had different parts of America, and all the last humans were in the Europe area, and they had their plans that they were going to fire all those missiles to destroy. Yeah pretty much new york and everything right. mm -hmm. so that was and that was interesting to see and it would have been interesting to see it would have been even more interesting to show this is a pocket bubble like people from the outside are observing what's going on there right. why can't we see that everything else is hunky-dory but as we could we already saw vegas got blown up there's other parts in america right so i guess yeah the rest of the world doesn't really matter yeah and where were they why didn't they help so that is that. Thank so you're God happy that's it's over, right? Yes, yeah. so much so. I am, like I said, I am enjoying what some of these generation books have been. And I am interested in Legacy mainly because of the 10,000 BC Avengers, which seems ludicrous. Yeah. But we'll get to more of that in a bit. What would you read? Um, so I read a book that was sent to us because it was an independent independently produced book and uh sometimes the only you way it's funny i was thinking about it right before recording today you know we've always we phased out the indie turnpike because even some things that we've read that that what would have been mentioned as indie they ended up through. being image books a lot too and yeah. i've kind of decided that um they don't need help 
<laughs> but this is a true This is true. Movie. This came to us from the creator. He literally emailed us and said, hey, do you guys want to check out this book? And I, of course, was like, fuck yes, I do, because I love independent books. Yep. Um, books from, like, Source Point Press. Books yep. from where you don't see them on any stand, yep. I consider indie. So, I was going to mention to you before we get into this show of, we need to start reaching out and doing some more <laughs> to kind of get the indie turnpike back. Well, and today is surprise. indie turnpike day. Yay. So, I read um, Samurai Slasher Late Fees. So Wait, what? Sam- Samurai Slasher colon Late Fees. So okay, like... that... <laughs> At first, it sounds like, man, that sounds like pretty... <laughs> pretty awesome and probably gruesome and then you're like late fees and i'm thinking like blockbuster so so um samurai slasher is actually a series so the the writer is mike garley he's the one that reached out to us um he has a normal series that he does called samurai slasher which probably is more in line of what you were thinking of um this is a one-shot standalone story so i have never read any of the other stuff um and he said, in his email, he very specifically said, you do not need to read the other stuff in order to get this story. And he's true. You did not, I did not need to read anything else to get the story. So written by Mike, uh, with art by Lucas. Uh, his last name's Polish, so I'm going to go with Kowalczyk, because it's got that CZUK at the end. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I'm deferring to you because you're more yep. Polish than I am. <laughs> um, and then another Lucas did the colors and the letters, Lucas Mazur. So, okay. The art in this book is pretty amazing, and it's very typical of the art that I would normally like in a book. It's very indie, like mm-hmm. gritty, kind of um, the the bright colors that don't necessarily you don't necessarily see in like Marvel or DC books. They're not super realistic. They're very high definition. The art style is definitely very, um, like, it's not, not because indie doesn't have a specific art style, but this is not an art style you would see in your big two books. Um, It's more along the lines of, like, Crumb or those types of authors. Um, So (laughs) when he emailed us to begin with, he sent a sample page, and I just looked at it. I was like, fuck yes, I want to read this book. Because my eyes were instantly drawn to it. So, this book is about a kid who, parents are clearly divorced because he spends the weeks with his mom and the weekends with his dad. That's how the first page starts, him explaining that he spent every weekend with his dad. And because his dad couldn't drive, every weekend they would walk to the video store and pick out movies. And he would pick out, like, a kid's movie, like, they show Tron on here. And stuff like that. The kid picking out Tron. And then the dad decided one day he was going to go get a movie that was inappropriate necess- for his child to watch. Not in a way that, like, it was porn or anything. Although they did show a nice little shot of a an adults-only room in this video <laughs> store. And there's a parrot outside of it that s- says adults-only when you walk by it. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so they rent Samurai Slasher, which is like an action movie. Probably very bloody, not appropriate for a kid of this age. He goes, don't tell your mom that we're watching this because she probably wouldn't approve. This is the life I lived when I was younger. Like, (laughs) I totally, weekdays with my mom, weekends with my dad, 
Always rented from family video. That's exactly the yep. same with us too. It's like that's like a dad thing. Yep. Renting videos on the weekend, watching awesome movies with your like I watched Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all those movies with my dad. My mom would have never watched those movies. So <clears throat> so they rent this this action horror Asian movie to watch and um this kid loves this movie. As any small kid whose very first introduction to this movie goes, usually you're like into it hard and i don't know i wasn't a little boy i can't imagine that i would i would think that little boys probably are even more into it than say a younger girl would be i don't know though i'm not a little boy I can't. <laughs> but he gets super into it um and he has this dream afterwards i mean they they do screenshots of the movie and there's like boobs in it and like super violent deaths like there's one with the what they call those little stars those throwing stars Throwing stars. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there another name for him, though? Uh, yes. Uh, shuriken? No, uh, shurikens? Sh- I thought those were the throwing blades. Uh, I don't know. I don't get Throwing I, stars. Yeah. Anyway, so they have, like... Ninja stars? Yeah. A guy with, like, one stuck in his head and blood coming out everywhere. So it's very clearly inappropriate, but this kid loves it. Like, he's got the stars in his eyes, pretty much. So he goes to bed and he has this dream about the samurai passing on the sword to him and him becoming the new samurai slasher and protecting the world from evil and how he couldn't see the monsters before, but he can see them now. And it goes through this this whole thing where he has to start protecting his dad from these monsters. And like they're out on the street one day and his dad is having a heart attack, it looks like. But the kid sees it as monsters attacking his dad. So he goes and he kills the monsters and saves his dad. And his dad goes to the hospital. So from our viewpoint, his dad's clearly just having a heart attack. But from his viewpoint, there's monsters. So then you're wondering, wait, is he really seeing these things? Or is this just in his imagination? Um, and it kind of goes from there where he's always like protecting his dad from these monsters until he decides when he gets older and he has a family of his own, he doesn't want to do it anymore because he's worried about harm to his family. So he like pretty much just doesn't ever see his dad anymore until, uh, his, and then his dad dies and he's not there for it. And then, um, the book ends with him kind of reconfronting the monsters to like, kill them off one more time. And so it sounds like it's just a great fun monster book. This literally these monsters aren't they're not real. It's literally these da- his dad's monsters are probably something like he was an alcoholic. These are his demons. He was fighting his dad's demons for him until he got to the point in his life where he was old enough to realize that his dad's demons were now affecting him and he couldn't deal with it anymore because he had a family. So he pushed his dad off to the side. And then when his dad died, he felt really bad for abandoning his father. And that's what this story was about. And when I got to the end and I realized that's what it was, I started fucking crying like a baby. It was (laughs) insane. It was such a great way to like explore how us as children are affected by what our parents do and how they live their lives, and how as we get older, it kind of becomes our responsibility to, like, take care of them instead of them taking care of us, and how you'll feel if you don't do a good job or push them off to the side because you can't handle it and it's not your problem. Like, oh my god, what a deep story for just a one little shot about a fucking samurai 
that slashes people. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it when I got to the, so it, you guys need to, everybody needs to read this book. I thought it was beautifully written. I cried at the end. I'm a big softy. I cry at everything. But it was just such a great way to tell this story and to really make you think, especially now, you know, as my parents are getting older and thinking about how I treat my parents and how I would feel if they died and I wasn't there. So it's a thinker. It's a real thinker. And it's a fucking comic book about a samurai. So there you go. You have your your wisdom from any source, I guess. But good job, Mike. This book, very good. Everyone look for it. Pick it up. Uh, search for it on Google so you can find it. But I would highly recommend it to anybody. Well, he also, from what I've heard, limited the run to... 666, yeah. <laughs> so... There's a great little page at the end, too, that's like a rental agreement from... They call it Shockbuster Video. And it's a rental agreement to to rent from there. And some of these are very... Nor- I used to work a video store, so this is kind of fun to read. But it's like, number one is if you wish to borrow a video cassette, you must be at least 18 years of age and have a valid identification. Please do not ask us to honor any card other than your own. And then the second rule is you must admit that you are powerless and your life has become unmanageable. <laughs> so, like, it's like actual rental agreements... Stuff mixed in with like just weird shit like that, so that was kind of fun to read too. I always but, like when there's fun things like that in yeah comic books, some real world stuff. Heck yeah! One of the like in Ninja Turtles, uh, th- when they had like pictures of of Logan of Wolverine on Raph's like wall, and then like in Mikey's room, like you know Villa Vanilla Ice because yes. of the whole mm-hmm. those sort of things that. Or the, there was even, uh, um, because they're IDW books, uh, they showed their coffee table underneath it, some what looked like comic books that just said IDW. Right. Those small things that make these feel more real, so even though it's Shockbuster, right. though, it's Blockbuster. We know the, oh, the yeah, joke. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, Although, that... I don't know about in other states, but in Grand Rapids and in Michigan, I don't think Blockbusters had adult rooms in them. I can't recall ever yeah, seeing. Yeah, I they? believe that they did because we—that's where we always went to, and there was a room that we weren't was supposed there? to go into. Because I don't feel the family videos do, because it worked there, and I know that Ion Video used to, and I think Video Master used to. I mean, I don't even remember half these names. I know of Hollywood Video did not. I don't think, but I, the blockbusters over where I lived did not have adult rooms in them. You know what's funny, though, is how there really is no need now with the internet. Well, you'd be surprised, though. I just had this entire discussion with somebody the other day because the video store I used to work in had one. They're like, was, were there ever anybody back there? And I'm like, yes, all the time. When uh, the next 20 years, if this video store can stay open, I, um, in the next 20 years, all those people will die, though, because they are all older people. So once those people die off, then probably not. <laughs> Have you, uh, you've seen the Twitter account of the last known open yes. blockbuster? Yes, it's like so funny. Alaska? Yeah. 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 Yep. They, they're, they're pretty, uh, it's just, I mean, if you're the last blockbuster, then fuck, you should have an awesome Twitter account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just do Keep... what the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I feel like they, they get more traffic and everything else because they're the last one i don't see them ever closing because they got to hold on to that right but at the same point i also feel like it's a slow death yeah it is 
All the family videos are slowly dying. I hate to say that because I still have friends that work for them, but I mean, it's just they're just antiquated and cute now. Like, that's they're just fun places to go. Just imagine though, we we'd be watching Blockbuster and chill had they not been stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Blockbuster think of that phrase years ago? <laughs> So, uh, let's get into some news that's been happening around the industry. Yes. So, the first thing I want to bring up, because we were talking about whitewashing earlier, so I just kind of wanted to get this out of the way. Um, Hellboy movie. There is a character from the Hellboy series, Major Daimo, who is Mm -hmm. Japanese-American. They had cast him for this new Hellboy movie, and they casted Ed Screen, who is from Deadpool. He played Ajax, right? Who? (laughs) <laughs> didn't, the, the, didn't he say who yeah maybe that's not the, the scene but ajax really <laughs> yes so white guy english white english guy um of course when that was announced everybody made the whitewash call because that's what was happening and ed scry screen screen yep. uh tweeted the other day that he decided it was in the best interest of the movie and the integrity of the source product that he not. So he stepped down from that part. So he made the decision as an actor, even though this could be a really big part for him, not to do it because it was such a stray away from the original source material that he thought it wouldn't make sense. So I thought that was very commendable on his part. And I, you don't ever hear about actors... Yeah, doing stuff like right, that. Right, right. So, there's that. I thought that was just a little little tidbit out there because us as nerds tend to get a little bitter and scream about everything. So, it's... Oh, half, that's what I've, I've realized even with myself. Half of half of what makes me a fan of anything is that I'm a old curmudgeon yes, bitching so about angry everything else. Everything. I mean, that's, that's so. what any fan in a nutshell... <laughs> Especially in the comic book industry. Going to... Sometimes the the idiotic responses of why they do these things. Comic book adaptions to movies. Or the movie industry as a whole of rebooting. Yeah. And rebooting. And what's that again? Oh, rebooting. Uh, Summer... The movie industry sales are way down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you look at what... Uh, certain movies that everyone would say would f- that flopped or that were terrible in reviews actually made a lot of money. Transformers movie actually made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the Mummy, which as panned here, I guess actually made a bunch of movie money overseas. Uh, we had uh, even Pirates of the Caribbean was saved from overseas. Probably was the last one, but Disney will probably get one more out of Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. I, and those are again. I put it in the Fast Furious category. I still enjoyed them. Cause I haven't never... watched any since like the third one, I think. Okay, well, still, <laughs> there are certain movies where... I mean, that's not even a reboot, but that's a sequel, which right. that seems there's no original. But then you have original stuff, such as Covenant, that's then panned and then doesn't make it too. So they take the safe bet and they'll be like, well, it doesn't matter. Right. We're just going to do what we know will make us money. So my theory, being somebody who was involved in... The movie industry, kind of, for a really long time. And seeing the way people, like, how people choose what movies to watch. Um, so there's us, 
who have opinions about movies and will be very loud about them and feel like we know things about movies and we kind of consider ourselves maybe not experts on the subject, but we have we, we value our own tastes. Um, most of America just wants to watch a movie. And that's <laughs> that's where they make most of their money from. They don't care if it's good or bad. They just want to watch a movie. And most people don't put this much effort into their movie-watching experience that we do. So that's where all the money is coming from, is from the general mass. But, it, I mean, but then there's still the backlash of why. Right. The, the Crow reboot, which has been in developmental hell for forever, is finding new life at, at Sony. And it's one of, it's again, it's one of those things of, they're saying they're going to stick more towards the comic book, which I think even the original one, it did. There were so, a couple key it's aspects. Strayed. It strayed, yeah. but it was still good enough. It had the concept yeah. of what it was that they could have done a straight up adaption of the comic book then too, because it's not too far off of what I mean. Anything in that book was more realistic than flying Magneto people and right. stuff. So, <laughs> so, but I don't need to see that. I I liked, uh, you know what what was uh, with Brandon Lee. That movie is so. Um... Uh, like, it's without time. Like, you can watch it 20 years from now and it'll look exactly the same and it'll still feel like it's current and because it's so stylized. I mean, I, and I know it's from the comic book, and but, I mean, it, for me, I'd seen the movie before actually reading it. Right. Can't Rain All the Time is one of my favorite fucking quotes. And yeah. I can't imagine anyone else... But was, Brandon Lee. Yeah, and, yeah, and the tragedy of his death... I don't want to see this one be remade. No. Well, and, you and know, it's feel... been... They've done a bajillion Crow movies after that. Oh, know? yeah. But those were all then taking the, the theme of the Crow and making right. him a different person. And I was kind of... Even though some of them kind of suck. Yeah, one of them had I'd David wa- Boreanaz. Yeah. Actually, and they had the, the TV show even, too. <laughs> yeah. And they, they were kind of going the mythos of the Crow and everything. I kind of enjoyed this. But, they, but then again, it goes to sequels again and not original right. things. But rebooting in of itself... Unless it was terrible, it doesn't need a reboot. No. If it's timeless, it doesn't need right. to be a reboot. Some movies, some movies do need reboots because kids won't watch them anymore because they're so dated, right? So you have to redo them so that you can get a new audience. Things like Star Wars, and I try to convince this of everybody because nobody believes me. Star Wars is timeless. I think it still looks amazing mm-hmm. today. Uh, the Crow is also one of those movies that you just don't just... Fucking do a remastered release and put it out like Disney does. And just put it out new on Blu-ray or DVD and there you go. Or put it back in the theater. That's all you need to do. We know uh, this past week had Star Wars Day. Yes. And a bunch of people were scrutinizing over the toys. Because in all honesty, toys have given more reveals than even people on the, the, the sets of some of these things. Which is kind of strange that you would think most people now would have thought maybe we shouldn't release this one aspect with this certain person. Like, okay, let's take Star Wars for example. You could have giving every single uh, character a lightsaber in their package, so there's tons of different, so everyone gets a lightsaber, even though in the movies they never would. Right. It's not really a secret. That's not really revealing anything. That's just a randomness. But if, let's say, people always had like a thought that. Like you know, so and so was a was a Jedi or secretly a Jedi, and then you were to in the 
packaging and stuff, you gave only that one character a lightsaber, mm. it kind of rev- it would most of the time reveal, hey, this person is probably going to get a lightsaber on this. How would they do that? Oh, probably because they're a Jedi. That has nothing to do with what was released in these, but it gives people a lot of thought of what's it going to be. With Marvel, when they'll have like a new Iron Man, you already see the suit then, and on the back sometimes says the specs of what it can do. It's those sort of things. And the biggest one was with Snoke. A, they showed his giant uh, war warship. Uh, what was it called? Um, his giant uh, imperial like destroyer mm-hmm. uh, ship, um, the the megastar destroyer. It's called. That looks badass. That doesn't really give away anything except for. It still makes me wonder who is building these giant fucking ships. That oh my no god! One... Did you see that the Millennium Falcon Lego one? That's eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I want that, except for the $800. <laughs> it's the largest Lego kit they've ever put out. Even bigger than the one that they came out with, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. That, And I'm like, that is, it is beautiful. That's not giving much things away. This no, doesn't give much things right. away. What has been revealed that, I, that I've that i seen is the Snoke toy, though, has uh, a, a ring with a crystal on it. And many people are talking about how this ring could could give uh, some answers to power and what has been going on within the movies now. They're talking more about the crystals. and Oh, the crystals that they used to make their lightsabers? Yeah. Okay. And, and how there's dark crystals. Mm-hmm. There's good crystals and bad crystals, I guess, which don't feel like you, you could just have an inanimate object. I mean, object, I just don't know have... how a crystal could be good or bad. It just depends on how you use it. Yeah, exactly. So you don't need to have the... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's... I mean, okay, I guess maybe what they're getting at is in order to have use it for dark purposes, you need a certain type of crystal that lends its properties lend to that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're talking about. And what... Oh, it's the kyber crystals is what it is. And they've been explored even more in show in the, in the cartoon uh, show that they have and stuff. So is this a crystal, and with that, what does that mean? Like, people speculating, cool, awesome. I want to know who Snoke is right. more so. And is does he this... Mace Windu? We'll find out. That's so stupid. It's not going to be. <laughs> so, so I've only scoured the internet for a couple of, of the toys yet to try to get more. And it's, again, I remember last time when Star Wars came out, I stayed away as much as possible from Star Wars news mm-hmm. because there's certain things I don't want to be ruined for me. The Avengers stuff, cool, sure, yeah, I'll have some of that ruined for me. I've read the comic books. But Star Wars is going into new territory now. Right. And I don't want that, that story, you know, We don't need to, to give ruined. it away. I agree. Um, so there was one thing I saw this week that made me roll my eyes, like, super hard. Oh, this is the dumbest thing I've read in a while. <laughs> so, Transformers has a character named Bumblebee. Who? Never heard of him. <laughs> what is this Transformers you talk about? <laughs> and DC has a character named Bumblebee. They have a transforming car? <laughs> I could see where you would be confused. But, no, she's a, you know, little black character with... Wings. She looks like a bumblebee. And can pretty much shrink yes. like Ant-Man or Wasp. Like, Right. So, 
Hasbro, who owns the Transformers, is suing DC for the rights for the character Bumblebee because they think we're so dumb that we're going to confuse a fucking yellow robot with a tiny little girl because they have the same name. Yeah, that... It's so stupid. Not to mention, here's my biggest thing about this. DC has a line out called DC Girls. DC Supergirls or something like that. Hero Girls. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I'm too old for this line. But it takes iconic characters, Wonder Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl, Harley Quinn, Supergirl, and makes them age appropriate for younger girls so they have heroes to look up to. And one of these characters is Bumblebee. And she is the only character in that series that is not white. She is the only character of African-American descent. So Hasbro is essentially trying to, and this is probably not their goal. I can't imagine Hasbro is racist at all. But <laughs> they're by doing this, they are going to remove that character from this line, which I think is shitty. Um, they probably haven't even thought about that. But this lawsuit is fucking ridiculous. Oh, even more so when when you come to find out that DC used Bumblebee way back in in Teen Titans in 1977 when Marvel was creating the comic books for uh, the Transformers line and created Bumblebee was in 1982, uh, I believe, when they had Bumblebee first right. join the pages. So already DC used Pre-dates. Bumblebee. Yeah. Hasbro didn't even get a trademark on Bumblebee till 2015, so I don't understand why what they're what they're. I know that they're making a Bumblebee movie, so they're probably trying to jump on anything named Bumblebee. Right. I, but I don't think there's just not going to be a confusion there. No. I don't know. I think fuck. maybe the only the only thing that could be that I would say they could put an injunction in there is if. You know how whenever all these superheroes, they have their little car-like things that the dolls or the figures yeah. consider? Don't make her a car for a... Make it a helicopter or something right. else. Or just don't. She doesn't need... She has yeah, doesn't need to be, yeah, yeah, she, doesn't she need can a vehicle. fly herself. She doesn't need a vehicle. <laughs> but even then, I don't think DC would be that dumb to do it. Or no. they would maybe to push, poke the bear to be like, we're going to make it a right. old Volkswagen bug. Like It's so ridiculous. Why that, can't they just play along? Just a little bit. You know? Yeah, you don't need to be so happy about everything, no. but... No, it's dumb. Um, Did you see the trailer for Legacy? Going back to what I was talking about at the end of the Secret Empire. I did not. My boyfriend watched it, and he abstained from the podcast today. <laughs> he didn't miss much, except for it was a very feel-good of, we're going back to numbering. Yeah. It's the same thing we've been talking about. Right. But, Which is why I didn't watch it. But <laughs> at the very end, they go, and it's a return of a very iconic uh, character. Right. Which we I think we knew. But now that it's getting close to what's going on with this, I'm starting to speculate more of who it right. is. There's not a huge pantheon that we can choose from for returning characters. I mean, Wolverine is the big one, obviously, because his death was so recent. Yeah, and I and I hope to God that it's not, but I have a feeling it probably, like, there's no way it's Fantastic Four. Right. But then again, there is uh, a new story arc coming up in the 
a Johnny Storm uh, thing book of them teaming up. The fate of the the four or something. <laughs> the fate of the furious. Yeah. <laughs> so. And we have we have the they're rebuilding the phoenix right so they're they're pushing towards phoenix so it could be we could have. I honestly think that is more Jean of what coming back. I think that's who it is though. In Jean Grey number six this week, we found out that this phoenix that's been talking to to young Jean Grey, honestly, actually is. The spirit of the original Jean Grey. Yeah. So we have already a spirit, which we know from uh, Doctor Strange and many other things. Well, then you can find a body, a host. You can become then back alive. Why the spirit's here and everything, I don't quite know. But we also have that reveal from the Thor uh, Generations book that I talked last week of phoenix being with odin right which i think more of that <sighs> getting all tangly just thinking about I it i think more of that's going to be with the bc like right because it looked like odin was one of the original avengers which you don't need to call them avengers but it's going to be a feel i'm going to enjoy that book anyways yeah. and caveman avengers captain caveman so maybe that's when <laughs> they had a fling maybe yeah it is an ancient force so that would make sense weird personification of like just Odin doing it with just a flame woman. <laughs> weird. But so, I, I, if she comes back that thought, great. I am a little bit so I'm a little bit happy that it seems like that there is more mystery. I've said that many times before. I am going to be planning on reading this. Yeah. Because it's not going to be as shitty as this last Secret Empire. But I hope that they do give it a rest for yeah. a little bit. Well, it sounds like this, the legacy thing is, I mean, how many books did I say was coming out? 50? 53. Yeah, that's a lot. So this is, I, to me... I don't think half those books are going to be staying longer than no. a couple months. And for me, this doesn't, it makes it sound like it's not an event. It's definitely, it's a, it's a fucking rebirth. Exactly what DC did. Oh, it for sure so is. It, yeah, so... Uh, it'll maybe hopefully it'll feel less eventy than like Secret Empire did. We'll see. When does when does that come out? The ten thousand BC Avengers comes out at the end of September. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I hope it's Jean Grey. I know you do. <laughs> Although I've been a bad fan and haven't been staying up on my Jean Grey, but anyway, um. Going back to some more feel-good news, so I started the sentence wrong because then I was going to say the Hurricane Harvey was the very next thing I was going to say, and that's not feel-good news, but um, Scott Snyder, who is awesome, uh, and I've met, and he is super nice in person, um, he is donating his salary from the script for Dark Knight's Metal 2 to Hurricane Harvey victims, all of it. Here you go. I don't know how much he gets paid, but I would imagine it's a substantial sum because if he was donating like 20 bucks, it wouldn't be news and he wouldn't bother making mm -hmm. that announcement. So it must be a substantial. He must get paid some decent money, I would imagine. Um, so I thought that was really sweet. And it made me think about all the, I mean, there's a lot of people are losing everything down there. Like their whole houses are underwater. But, and then I was like, oh, these these poor comic book owners who are losing all of their back stock. It was so hard oh, to get back. God. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's and the stores, you know, you can get new stuff easy. You can get new issues of stuff easy. But if you're a store who lost and you lost your old rarities because you didn't think to grab them, or you couldn't oh, I'm get pretty to sure your... that's probably what they wanted to first. But yeah, right. Or if you couldn't get to your store, you were out of town or something happened and you lost your shit. Like that's not stuff you can necessarily get back. Yeah. So it. I mean, and the. We're talking about comic books because this is what we talk about. But obviously there's, this happens across industries and in people's lives. But yeah, that's, she's fucking crazy. So it's nice if there's a way for people to help out it would be retailers, nice especially when they've lost. Yeah. Oh, but there is. Is there? <laughs> there is. There's a new nonprofit starting. And I actually don't even know how new it is. In this article, I feel like it's been around for a while, but right now they're focusing their attention on helping retailers. But it's called, um, God, what is it called? Issues. It's helping comic retailers with issues, which I thought was funny because get it? Issues, problems, but also comic book issues. <laughs> so <clears throat> the uh, the aim of this nonprofit is to help comic book shops that are having rough times either... And and I'm fuzzy on this. I don't know if this is specifically, like, disaster-related relief or if this is literally, like, if you're just having a really hard time with your comic book shop keeping open, they'll also help you out. Unclear on that. Um, but I thought that was really cool, comic, because it sounds like it's... it's. I know that this is retailer-driven because the guy who started this is, owns a comic book shop in Michigan. So um, he's a big retailer over on the east side of the state so it's very sweet people helping people that's cool uh going back to the the hurricane and the devastation and everything i do have to share this one that made me die laughing and this is mainly for any uh sports baseball fan but the most generous donations to houston is leonardo leonardo dicaprio one million fallout boy concert proceeds detroit tigers justin verlander <laughs> oh, that's right. They did trade him to Houston, didn't they? Yeah. That was funny. So, <laughs> sometimes you can find humor in devastation, right. and that was probably one of the most hilarious random things funny. that I saw online. <laughs> oh, speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio, and this is rumor, and I don't think this is ever going to happen, but everybody woke up on Friday with a news report that um, Martin Scorsese and the soon-to-be director and the people over at the the Warner Joker. Brothers want to talk to Leonardo DiCaprio to be the Joker. And I am not okay with this. Because I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He is a different kind of actor than somebody who needs to play the Joker. And I know I said this about Heath Ledger when they cast Heath Ledger as the Joker, but I would never put Heath Ledger and Leonardo DiCaprio on the same shelf together. So... I hope it's not true. I mean, I I'm a big Leo fan. I fucking love. I would I would have his little babies. Like I love that man. I've loved him since he was in Marvin's Room, Romeo and Juliet. He was on Who's the Boss. Like I've been following him forever. I had his poster on my wall. And and the biggest thing is always like it's it, it sounds like it's Warner Brothers that think he'll play, be the fit. Right. He hasn't expressed no. interest. But I mean, there's always the big tactic is make a story so that more people will start commenting on it right. to hopefully make the person change their mind right. and everything. Oh, yeah. And there's no harm in talking about it. He's done Martin Scorsese projects before. And well, that's the biggest yeah. thing of what almost makes me think that 
he uh, Scorsese wanted Leo to right. come on board because he just knows how good of an actor he is. I and I can kind of almost imagine him making doing like a laugh, almost like a Jack Nicholson laugh. Yeah, like, like I can recall him from Romeo and Juliet and his the way he played that character. And in his younger years, maybe he probably could have pulled it off. Not saying that being older has made him un- incapable. But uh, he's definitely become more serious of an actor. As... I feel, though, more now than I when I look at a Joker, it's honestly the smile yeah. than anything else. Any other physical features you can put on a wig and stuff. I don't think you can fake, even though, I mean, Jack Nicholson had some prosthetics for the cheeks. Yeah, but it, man. But he just yeah. had a smile well, and a look. Well, that man's kooky. And, and uh, Heath Ledger had... So it's, it's more of... That's just my personal taste. Right. So it's not even I don't care who it is as long as they can just do the mannerisms. And even if they don't go to what I think is the most iconic, which is Heath's uh, portrayal of the Joker. And I think that's the best one ever. Right. Each person that has played them has played a little bit differently. Oh, that has yeah. also been perfect for the world that they made. Right. So... Even Jared Leto. Fuck. Okay. He's not the Joker. <laughs> We know he is not the Joker. He is... He's with Joker's wannabes. Yep. He's just a follower of the Joker. But I don't know, man. You think the Joker would let anybody else at Harley Quinn? You think Harley Quinn would go after anybody else but the real Joker? Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. It kind of blows that theory. It really... She's kind of a one-man lady. Because anytime she's hooked up with anybody else after that, it's been ladies. That is true, and that kind of <laughs> does make... And... That's what... We we do, God, how how I mean you could just like pretend that it never happened or right, but yeah I don't know how you can figure that one out like maybe she was hypnotized you yeah. show the hypnotizer I'm sure there's a bad guy named that in Batman's <laughs> mythos of <laughs> probably or a machine that the Joker has yeah. owned at some point in time that yeah. guy the guy the Jared Leto guy that decided to dress up as Joker he just had the hots for Harley for some reason. So that's what he decided to do. He's like, I need to convince her I'm the Joker. I'm the Joker now. Everyone laugh at me because I'm the Joker. And then people were like, And then I'll You're lay in the Joker. circle with knives around me. I mean, it would be great if like the real Joker came and just slit his throat. That would be pretty cool. And goes cool. like, hi, Harley. Yeah. Is that your Joker voice? Yes. That was pretty good. I'll give you that. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a pass on that one. Right. That was good. I wasn't going to give you shit about it, but it was decent enough for me not to give you shit about it. All right. <laughs> you got anything else news related? No, I don't do anything booze related. I do. I have booze in a book this week. So our book this week is another Generations book. It's Hawkeye and yeah, again, Hawkeye. Again, surprisingly how kind of well thought out, even though these are all weird. It, they're, they're working for me. Yeah. And, and this one, maybe not as good as some of the other ones. The The plot was not super complicated. It's They took Hawkeye, current Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, and plopped her in Clint Clint's past. You can tell it's his past because he's wearing that stupid tunic <laughs> <laughs> that he doesn't wear anymore. I love how that <laughs> really, we can tell what, what, where it's at because of that. He's wearing a dress. You know it's in his past, and it's like a there. He it's on this island, and it's literally like he's in the middle of a battle royale of the best sharpshooters in the world. Like you know, 
Come on. This is like the thinnest plot you could ever think of. Anyway, there are there are some interesting interesting villains on the island. You have like Bullseye and Taskmaster and and Swordsman, who I had no idea who that was, but apparently that was Clint's mentor, so clearly he must be very good. But I'm not going to get too much into the story. It was decent read. Not anything that really lets you into either of the characters, but fun nonetheless. But we are pairing this with the, a black hawk, except we're modifying it to make it a purple hawk, because we care here at Drunk on Comics about our booze pairings. <laughs> <laughs> so traditionally, a black hawk is one ounce gin, 5, 0.5 ounces of lemon juice, one ounce of whiskey, and a cherry. Um, we're going to modify it and add blue Caraco and some grenadine to give it that super awesome purpley color and also cover the taste of gin because gin is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've created a new drink just for Hawkeye here at Drunk on Comics because we care. Yeah. That's your booze in a book this week. All right. Well, it's uh, time to go out into the week to uh, find more for stuff for yeah stuff for next week. I don't really know where I was going to go with that. I guess though, the parting words: uh, a hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple as reassuringly putting a coat around a little boy's shoulder to let him know that the world had hadn't ended. Batman: The Dark Knight Rises. Aww. Stay thirsty for more junk on comics next week. More shenanigans.